This is Winning Retirement Radio. We're going to talk about the numbers inside the four walls of your home because that's what matters most. When I think about the four walls of the Taylor home, I think of chaos because of those kids running around. It's total chaos at the Taylor house. That's not immense words. But I wouldn't have it any other way. My mom and dad help people retire. <laughs> Get to know them more at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. Here we go. Winning Retirement Radio. We hope all of you are feeling the Christmas spirit as we are at Legacy Retirement Group. According to the National and American Christmas Tree Association, the average price of a tree is 10% more than last year, with trees averaging between 80 to 100 bucks this season. They also say that artificial trees are more costly than the real ones, 85 to $1,000 or more per tree. Ideal Christmas tree would be lots of lights. Of course, white, because I love the snow. I'm more like the traditional trees, so like reds and greens. You guys do some faux trees because there's like 75 trees around the Taylor Oh, house. my goodness. We, we put up three trees in our home. Mm-hmm. Well, three main trees so there's one in our in our great room Mm -hmm. when you walk in it's a 12 foot tree we have a really tall ceiling in there and so that one came from a company called king of christmas which it's done a really good job for us and then we have one up in the loft where the boys bedrooms are you know we call it the loft but it's kind of the hallway and that's all open up there you can see from the main level and that one just is a target special. I mean, we got it on a like, like a after holiday deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like you know less than a hundred bucks, and there you go. And we have one in our basement that is a eight foot tree. All of them are pre lit, you know, like mm-hmm. that, and and they all have flocking on them. What so, the flock are you talking about? Careful now. <laughs> I don't know what that is really. You don't know what flocking is? It looks like snow on the, on oh, the tree yes. branches. This is where the southerner in me comes out. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> ah, so up north, you know, they actually have things like yes. snow. And yeah, so <laughs> it's, um, those are the flock trees. And then we got one for our office that we bought at. Which is beautiful. Um, Kmart back in the day for less than a hundred bucks. And it's a pretty tree. It's, uh, I think it's a nine foot tree, maybe. It's, it's, it's a big. taller. Yeah. We just, uh, this past week, decorated the office tree with our staff. and Something you guys do every year. I love that. It is. So the Monday after Thanksgiving, we come into the office and bring some goodies, and we all take time to put up the decorations around the office and get the tree put up, and then we order lunch in. And, you know, we had the movie Elf playing on the, the TV in the main room. Christmas music piped in, and just a fun day, you know, and fun time to be around the team and just, uh, you know, we really care about each other here, and so it's just a lot of fun. And we want um, people, when they come in, to feel like family. Because at Legacy Retirement Group, it's all about family. Greg and Kristen Taylor, husband and wife team, family is the most important thing to them. And they have created a family at Legacy Retirement Group. I'm proud to be a part of it for over 10 years now. We'll get the math right at some point. But let's talk about those of you listening that aren't maybe on a team more like creating teams like Greg and Kristen have. Because when you work hard to create, grow, and maintain a business, that is part of the good old American dream. And so congratulations, Greg and Kristen, on that. I mean, now that I think about it, Legacy Retirement Group, co-founders, being able to do that, what an achievement. Good for you. Sometimes, you know, uh, you just have to thank God for miracles, right? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stop. That's not the case. No, no. I mean... 
I went to a Christian college to become a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so I, I didn't take business classes and I didn't take classes to learn how to organize a business or run a business. In fact, I had my business for many years before I realized that, oh, it'd be wise to have counsel from an attorney. And he said, you need to do this. And I said, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then we started hiring accountants and CPAs and people to help us formulate mm -hmm. things and got guidance from others who were doing well in business. And so that was something that I wasn't well equipped with from college. So I had to learn it kind of the hard way, the school of hard knocks, if you would. And so that was kind of our start. And I think that's why we're so passionate about helping people understand. And, you know, I was always, I would say, just a bit intimidated when I would speak with people that I felt that knew more than I did mm. about certain things, like they would judge me. I mean, we're talking but, almost three decades ago, too. I totally understand that, Greg. So when I look back at things now, I, I understand why people can be hesitant to pick up a phone and call someone. And you almost feel like you're being judged. But yeah. I know from experience, I don't want somebody judging me about what I've done. So I don't ever judge somebody when they come in. I, you know, in fact, a lot of times people ask us, well, how are we doing compared to Everybody the majority else. of the people yeah. you see? And you know what I say is that's really irrelevant and it's unimportant. Hmm. All that matters is have you done enough to do what you need to do? And what I mean by that is, you know, have you done enough to be able to pay your bills in retirement, to have some fun in retirement, to love on your family in retirement, to be able to fulfill your dreams for retirement. If you've done enough to do that, then that's all that really matters. You know, Greg, I do want to talk about small business owners and the steps that they should start taking if they're wanting to retire soon and successfully. But before we do that, you mentioned that your degree isn't in business, isn't in economics. You were on a biblical path. You were a minister for a few years. And I know this story, but I know we've got new listeners every week. And I don't think you've told it in quite a few years. So remind us how it is that you got into financial services, got into helping people with retirement and being a retirement coach. Well, I grew up here in Columbus and I love our city. I love our people. And, you know, it's just, it's home to me. And when I got out of college, I ended up down in Charleston, South Carolina, your, your mm -hmm. stomping grounds, uh, working for a church there. And I was their youth director and their choir director. And I really felt the tug in my heart to come back to Columbus. And I was helping get a new church started. So not only was I working with the music and the youth, the pastor then came to me and said, Hey, we have our best years club. That's our retirees. Would you Aww. mind helping with that monthly program that we do with them? I said, well, yeah, I'd love to. And so I got started doing that and, and I loved it. And what I realized quickly was that they wanted to learn things as well. So they would ask me, could you have someone come in and speak that can teach us a little bit about finances? You were really called to this. The folks that you were ministering to said, hey, Greg, we need Bible study and things like that. But we also need help with the financial part. And that hit you, didn't it? It did. And so I had, you know, an elder law attorney come as a guest speaker. And I had a CPA come as a guest speaker. And I had a financial advisor come in as a guest speaker, never dreaming that I would ever do what I'm doing now. But it did give me the foundation. And, the you know, I guess maybe in the back of my mind is, these are things that people need as well. And the one thing about new churches is they have no money. That is very real. 
<laughs> well, it is real. And they couldn't pay me for helping them, so I needed a job. And one thing led to another, and I ended up working for a company for a small period of time called Banker's Life and Casualty Company. And so that's where I got my start in this industry. And then one day I was sitting in someone's home and realized if they did business with me, it wouldn't be the best thing for them because I was what was called a captive agent for them. I could only represent their products. And so at that moment, I realized that I had to stop doing that. I had to go and become what was called an independent advisor Mm -hmm. so that I could help people to the best of my ability without limitations as to what a single company would offer. And now today we have a full-service retirement firm. Mm -hmm. So We do managed assets. We use Fidelity as our custodian for the assets we manage in the market. We use insurance companies to protect things, you know, whether it be for life insurance or to protect long-term care or to protect income. And so those are the things, the tools that we have to use. But, you know, it's really just a matter of trying to do the right thing for people based on what it is they needed. So when I think about small business owners, I think about their need to be structured properly. You know, I didn't know these things when I started my business, but, you know, I I quickly had to learn. You know, it took me a few years to get it down. Are you an LLC or are you an S-Corp? You know, and maybe you're an LLC, but you need to operate as an S-Corp for tax purposes. Those are things that our CPA has taught us. And do you have the right attorneys helping you to create things and making sure that you have things tightened up and that you're, you're really positioned well so that later on, When it's time to exit, whether it be you have someone take over for you, you train someone, maybe you have a family member that is going to take over for you. But, you know, when you decide that it's time to take that next step, maybe to walk away from a business, how does that happen? Do you have a plan in place and do you have a team to to help you get there? And what about income? Mm -hmm. That's the hardest thing for people when they're trying to exit a business is figuring out, okay, did I save enough? Did I do enough? Where's my income going to come from? How should I go about all this? We have a team that that we use to help us be ready, whatever that next phase may be for our firm. Because, you know, the people that come to us, a lot of times they'll ask me, Greg, what's Why is there a dog barking in the Uh, background is one thing they'll ask. (laughs) Belle is barking at one of our team members that she sees. Here, you know, I know, and, but it's cute on the radio. Oh, I know. She's she's uh, protecting me, I think. And, Aww, and <laughs> All three pounds of her. All three pounds of Yorkie there <laughs> sitting in the chair. And uh, she's got her Christmas Santa sweater on today, by the way. Sorry I got you so excited about Belle, but I had to oh. fill in the listeners on what they were hearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about a couple that came in just a few months ago, and they own a small business here in town. And So we got them connected with the right business CPA firm. And then they said, okay, we've got four years before we want to transition from our business and they're going to transition it to their son. Hmm. And so right now we're taking dollars and we're setting it aside for a specific purpose of creating an income plan for them when the four years is over. I love that. So that's their specific need when they came in was, okay, how do we transition in this thing? You know, Mm -hmm. we know we can make it just fine while we're working, but we don't want to work forever. And you well know as a business owner yourself that very often, you know, once things start going well, you reinvest back in the business. And so if that's you listening, I mean, maybe you do have 401ks and IRAs. 
Meet Greg, Kristen, and the team at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. Research from the University of Grenada found that when someone lies, they experience an increase in temperature around the nose. It's called the Pinocchio effect. And I want to test this in the Taylor household. So before I go get one of those thermometers that you can point at something and get the temperature, which child tells the most fibs? Hmm. That'd be hard. You know, we're Cause all kids past that phase, but for probably Cameron, we have to remind him that he can lie by omission. Is that the same? Yeah. Oh, I'm good at that sometimes too. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Actually, it might be the parents because it's Christmas time, you know, uh, and uh, bringing true. out the uh, elf on the shelf. And, oh, that uh, thing. busted gosh. Greg out the other day because there's a joke in our house. Well, it's, it's a fact, not really a joke, but <laughs> if... Greg goes on these rants where he just throws things away. And so <laughs> I if I that. can't find something, more than likely Greg threw it away. False. If it's paper. <laughs> no, that's He says true. fib. <laughs> so Jaden, the other day, I was looking for something. And he goes, I don't know, ask daddy. Although he probably threw it away. That's what he always does. And I said, you are so right, son. You are so right. <laughs> We'll get the thermometer that you point and shoot and test Greg's nose on that. I don't know. He has the same response every time I ask him if he's seen something. He'll go, "Mm, no, I haven't seen it. And I'm like, because he hadn't. Yeah, he's not lying. He hasn't (laughs) seen it because he threw it away. Oh, goodness. Christ is the reason for Christmas. But to have a little fun with it, Greg, you don't want to end up on Santa's naughty list. I mean, you're going to get cold, man. You got to be careful. Ho, ho, ho. To quote one of our favorite Christmas movies, you can't spell families without lies. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. Well, the folks at Business Insider listed three tax mistakes not to make by the end of the year. And I wanted to run these by you because you guys really focus on taxes and retirement when you're putting together income and investment plans for individuals and see if you had any additional suggestions for our listeners. So, Number one is not contributing to a retirement plan, a tax mistake you should not make by the end of the year. Well, that goes more back to the old school thought process where, you know, the CPA, everybody wants you to contribute as much as possible to your tax deferred accounts so that you can minimize your taxes this year. Well, guess what we're under right now in tax code? Are we under the highest tax rates or are we under the lowest tax rates we've seen in 50 years? The lowest, I know that. We are. And we know at the end of 2025, at the very least, the tax cuts expire. Mm -hmm. And if they just expired and went back to where they were before, for the middle class, that would be over a 20% increase. It would go from 12% to 15% on your tax rate. And that's over a 20% increase in taxes. So do I want to delay my taxes so I can pay 20 or 25% more? Or should I go ahead and pay my taxes today so that I can pay 20 or 25% uh-huh. less? I mean, it doesn't take rocket science right. to figure this out right Even now. Even I can do that math. <laughs> now, you are able to contribute to a traditional IRA. If you're 50 and older, you can contribute uh, 7500 this year. To your IRA and to your 401k, you can contribute up to $30,000. But my advice would be, if possible, to contribute that to a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. Greg Roth Taylor. 
That's right. That should be my middle name, <laughs> Roth. But um, I am of the opinion that we should at least contribute, you know, as much as we can get a match on. Mm-hmm. Free money. So if your company matches half of 6%, then put in at least 6%, get that free money, and then go ahead and pay your tax. You know, now there's some exceptions to that. If you're in the 32% tax bracket or higher, then I would have to talk to you more about whether it makes sense to delay your taxes till later or go ahead and pay them now. There's foods for thought on both sides of that coin. But um, if you're in the 24% tax bracket, or lower, which means you could earn about $366,000 this year and still be in the 24% tax bracket. So that's going to account for most of the people listening, not everybody, but most of them. So keep that in mind. But that is one of their guidelines is, you know, not contributing to a retirement plan. But again, I'm not so sure that that's a mistake Mm. other than the fact that if you're not taking advantage of your company match. Their second mistake to not make before the end of the year from Business Insider is forgetting about 1099 income. I mean, yeah, don't forget you got paid. I don't understand. Yeah, you never want to <laughs> you never want to miss income that you received and and not paid taxes on, especially especially that. But, you know, it's easy, Kristen, because I'll give people some credit here. You start getting up in years and getting money from here and there and and several places, it can be easy to miss paperwork that doesn't come in. You know, the mail is not always 100%. So keeping track throughout the year is is ideal. You know, we use QuickBooks and QuickIn for the business, QuickIn for personal. But, you know, if you haven't been doing that, you really need to go back through your bank statements and and verify where all the income has come from and make sure that there's not a 1099 you've missed receiving. Right, and if you're 73 or older, you're going to get that 1099R right. for your required minimum distribution from your custodian that you've got to pass on to the government because they have to pass it on to the government. You know, you have to account for all that to make sure that you are telling them about all the income that you have. And, and that's one of the reasons I think so many people have gone online to testmyretirement.com or they've gone to our website mm-hmm. or they've even called in from the show for that RMD report just to kind of give people an idea of what that 1099 might look like. How much might I have to pay tax on when I turn 73 or if you're born in 1960 or later at age 75, that's when the RMDs will begin then. So don't forget about your 1099. Like Greg said, if you'd like to get a big picture perspective of that when it comes to taxes and retirement, go to testmyretirement.com. That's testmyretirement.com. Takes about 30 to 60 seconds to fill out some information, and you'll instantly get that report. It'll be in your inbox and right there in front of you. I've done it myself. So check that out at testmyretirement.com. The third they have on the list to not make a mistake by the end of the year when it comes to taxes. And then I'd like to hear other suggestions for you guys, maybe things we should be doing. But they say don't report an inaccurate amount of charitable donations. I mean, to me, that's kind of like a duh. But I mean, some people may fudge stuff. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, now with the standard deduction, now with the uh, charitable contributions, a lot of people don't go over that amount. 
But should you go over that amount or should you directly donate? Maybe you've directly donated your uh, required minimum distributions to a charity. That happens. You need to make sure you have proper accounting for that. Right. And that's called a QCD, a qualified Hmm. charitable distribution. And Jessica in our office this time of year is doing many of those for our clients. And that's where maybe you want your RMD or money that you're taking out of a retirement account go directly to your church. Mm-hmm. For those who tithe, they can have that as part of their tithe each year or to cover their tithe from a qualified charitable distribution. And when you do it that way, you do not receive a 1099, hmm. which okay. means it doesn't add it to your income. And so therefore that will allow your charitable donations to fully protect you from any tax. And that's that's really powerful to do it that way. It's called a QCD, Qualified Charitable Distribution. So if you need help with that or, you know, want someone to help you figure out that part of it, we're actually, we do that with any of our clients that have an interest in that. You know, with all the volatility in the in the market, Kristen, mm-hmm. you know, now is a good time to start taking inventory at, in a taxable account, making sure that you're taking advantage of offsetting any losses. We have one of our clients who invested in a single stock that had gone up over, gosh, probably over 100% since they put the money in. Well, actually, much more than that. They put in $10,000. It went up to about $90,000. But they had some other stocks that they had purchased that went down. And so the trade-off, they sold the shares of the stock that was highly appreciated. They sold the shares of stock that had gone down and wiped out a lot of those capital gains that mm. that were there. So they only ended up having to cover about $15,000 huh. of capital gains on that huge gain they had. And then um, they had to wait 30 days, and then they were able to repurchase that stock that had highly appreciated at a lower price. So not only were they able to reset their cost basis, but they were able to offset some losses. So this is a good time of year to offset some losses with some gains as a way to kind of protect you from future taxes. Connect anytime at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. Greg Taylor is an investment advisory representative of Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the state of Ohio. The firm only conducts business in states where it's properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, and this station are not affiliated. The investment ideas and financial vehicles discussed here should not be considered to be personalized investment advice, nor are these recommendations to buy or sell any particular investment or product. The information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should first consult with a competent tax, legal, accounting, and other professionals regarding the applicability and the suitability of any investment ideas. Past performance is not guaranteed of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.